The Bible Study Podcast, episode 280. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the fundamentals of Christianity. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen, back from a week of vacation and ready to jump back into the fundamentals of Christianity. Last time we talked about love, that we are loved by God. Well, if you haven't figured out the pattern in this particular study, I think you may figure it out now. We're going to talk about the flip side of that, is that we are called to love. And let's start with some of the verses. John 13, 34 through 35. A new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. This is going to be the least difficult of the verses we're going to deal with today. But notice that even this verse has this thing here at the end that if you love one another, then everyone will know you are my disciples. There are going to be some strong language used in these particular verses that we're going to look at because the calling for love for us as Christians in the Bible, especially the New Testament, is very pointed and very strong. And this one says, basically, if you don't look loving, you don't look Christian. Did you catch that? By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now, I wonder when Jesus said that, if he could picture in his mind what a church would look like, because I've been in churches, and some churches are very loving, and some churches are not. And I don't mean that to be mean. I mean that to be honest, that I've been in churches where people were not practicing this. Not only is it a command from God, but it is also part of the fundamental witness of the church. And this part, we're just talking about how we deal with one another. So it's dealing with brothers and sisters in Christ. And sometimes we forget that we are family, and family can get on your nerves. For those of you who have family, which I am assuming is all of you to some degree, uh, whether it be birth families or adopted families or families you've made out of friends or whatever, most of us have some group of people who we treat as family, and family gets to see us at our worst. And sometimes that's true of our brothers and sisters in Christ as well. But it is a fundamental part of our witness how we treat one another. And then one more verse again about how we need to deal with one another. John 15 verses 9 through 17. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything I have learned from my father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. So Jesus says it a few different times in this verse for emphasis to love each other. We are called to love each other. And he says, I've loved you. Now do what I did. And that's obviously a very high standard because he says, I'm about to lay down my life 
for you. He means that very literally. He's about to go to the cross out of love for us. And he's saying, that's the kind of love that I'm calling you to. Now, as he said this, the disciples didn't understand that that's what he meant. But it it was quite clear by Good Friday or by Easter that that's what he meant when he said, there's no greater love than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. And he's saying, I want you to love each other like that. Now, we may be called into a situation, and most of us will not be where we literally have to give up our lives for our friends. But we have to do it in lots of small ways. We have to put others before ourselves, or we are called to put others before ourselves lots of different times. And it might just be as simple as helping friends move or helping someone through grief or being there as an ear to listen when you'd rather do something else or putting my family members in what they need above what I want to get done tonight. And all those little things of putting someone else first is what Jesus is talking about. But he's putting it very explicitly. Command is the word that he is using. And he is saying to lay down one's life, to put others' needs ahead of ourselves. But one of the interesting things about this verse is what kind of life do you think that would be. Well, did you notice that as he's talking about this call to love, this call to be someone who is loving in the way that Jesus loved, he's talking about our joy being made complete. Did you know that God does not intend for you to be miserable? Now, I'm not saying that God doesn't intend for you to be in circumstances or God doesn't allow you to be in circumstances that may make miserable an easy thing to get to, but God does not intend for you or I to be miserable. God intends for us to be filled with joy. That doesn't mean that everything is going right. That would be happiness. And I will distinguish it this way. Happiness is something that happens because of our circumstances. If you feed me chocolate, I get happy. If I walk outside and it's a beautiful day, I get happy. And those are great things. Joy is something deeper. And in this passage, Jesus is saying somehow that in that service of others, we will find joy. That our joy may be complete that we can't be joyful, I would even go as far as to say, without learning to love like this. Going a little further, First John 4, 7 through 12. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. It's said of the Apostle John that he had this fascination, that he had this fixation on this command of love one another. There was a story that when he was an old man, they said, John, we understand that you called us to love one another, but you're about to die. Is there anything else you want to leave us with? And he said, little children, love one another. 
That story is more apocryphal than historical, but it is consistent with the writings of John that talk a lot about love. And it is consistent with this verse that says, whoever does not love does not know God. If you find a Christian or a church or a body of believers that isn't loving, John says they're not Christian. They don't know God. Well, that's pretty harsh. That's pretty difficult. But it's important to understand that what Jesus said with that command about love and what John is saying here with this entreaty for love is that love is so central to being called as a Christian, to so central to our faith, so central to our calling that he's saying, if you don't love, you've completely missed it. You'd think this would be the most difficult verse that we're going to face today, but it is not. And it's not because we've only been talking about loving within the family so far. So let's keep going. Romans 13, 9 through 10. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever commands there may be are summed up in this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor, therefore love is the fulfillment of the law. And Jesus said something similar when he said, was asked what the greatest commandments were. He said, love the Lord your God with your whole heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. That this sums up all of the law and the prophets. What Paul is saying here in Romans is this call to love is just a continuation of the law in the Old Testament. That when they are taken out of Egypt, the children of Israel, and they're taken to Sinai, and Moses goes up on Mount Sinai, and he's given this tablet of laws. The tablet of laws are, how can you live with one another? You can't form a community, you can't form a nation, you can't form the people of God if you steal from one another, if you're sleeping with each other's wives, if you're coveting each other's stuff. It's a It's on the pathway to who God wants us to be as his people. And who he wants us to be is this people who not just are we not doing the negatives, but we're doing the positives. We are looking out for others. And this time we're not talking about just believers. We're looking out for neighbors. And remember that story of the Good Samaritan. The guy says, well, who's my neighbor? And he's given this story of this Samaritan, this hated person, this half-breed, this outsider who cares more for the wounded man than does a priest and a Levite, cares more for the man who is beaten up by robbers than religious people do. And he says, be that way, be that neighbor. And then one last verse, and you probably realized that I would get here. This is coming from Luke six twenty-seven through 36. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. 
but love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back, then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High, because he is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful, just as your Father is merciful. When Jesus said earlier on, I want you to love as I have loved, he's describing this kind of love. This while we were enemies of God, while we were still strangers and far off, is when Jesus comes and dies for us. This is the kind of love we are called to. I don't know who you consider your enemy, and I'm hoping no one. Whether you consider your enemies Democrats, Republicans, whether you consider your enemies Muslims or that person who mistreated you, that boss who is hard on you, the person who hates you. This verse says we are called to pray for them. We are called to do good to them. This is a difficult calling, but this is the heart of the gospel. With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. For those of you who are ready for more of this, next week we're going to talk about grace. If you have any questions about this episode of the Bible Study Podcast, you can send me an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or you can leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening. I'm Billy Yancey, entrepreneur, fitness cowboy, father, retired Navy cornerback, and now podcast host. Listen to my new show, Billy and the Goat, on Life Audio. Happy listening.